0: There's joy in every journey. Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: And uh, we're excited. Uh, I think it's just as hot in the off season because you get to hear. From all the high school, uh, college people, uh, those who cover colleges and uh, get an opportunity to get firsthand information like Jason Beatty provides for the Orlando Sentinel. He's kind enough to talk UCF football with us several times a year. And he's joining us this evening. Jason, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, big uh, doings over the weekend with the spring game and put kind of a wrap on uh, a really good spring. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It was a, you know, a good five weeks for UCF. I think you talk about where they were last year at this point. Gus Gus Malzahn had just arrived with his new coaching staff. You didn't really know a whole lot about how things would work. And now that they had a full season under their belt, they beat Florida in the bowl game. That bowl win was huge for them setting the foundation in that first season this spring was light and day difference in terms of you know organization and and practice and what they were able to accomplish this spring and um you know they, they they put themselves in a super spot heading into the season
1: you know the one thing too that i notice and i you know kind of scour social media a lot or the, or the the athletes that are attending events, whether it just be invited to a practice or being at the game uh, this past weekend. Uh, talk about that, because I think that you, you look back a couple of years and it wasn't always like that. I mean, you'd see a couple of kids post a few things, but now you get marquee kids because you recruit marquee kids. So now you get... A couple of kids I know not just from the Orlando area, but you had kids from all over to, uh, you know, uh, from Florida uh, getting an opportunity because having Florida State already played their game and having uh, Florida already played their game, uh, it was kind of an open part of the, uh, the north, north central area where... A lot of recruits could come, uh, you know, check out what's going on. Uh, A lot of them probably haven't been to the campus, and if they have, it's been a while. Um, Talk about that, because that's great exposure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There were a lot of kids at the spring game. I mean, there have been kids watching practice every day throughout the spring, but the spring game, you know, that was UCF's big day. They had a lot of top talent. They actually landed – Two commitments within 24 hours of the spring game. One came in the middle of the spring game, uh, four-star edge rusher Isaiah Nixon from St. Pete out of Lakewood. He committed in the middle of the spring game. And then the next day an offensive lineman, we talk about Florida, but an offensive lineman from South Georgia, uh, Jamal Mayweather, he committed. Um, and so they, they, they have a lot of momentum coming out of the spring on the recruiting trail. You know, obviously, we know yeah. about the June camps that they hold every year; those are always successful. But um, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, in addition to the team, you know, I thought it was a really successful spring. Not only were there players on campus, but a lot of high school coaches. They actually had a high school coaches' night that UCF hosted; their coaching staff hosted. And you talk about the local schools that came: Edgewater, Timber Creek, Cocoa, uh, you know, right down the street in uh, Oviedo, and. Some of those other area schools came, so you know Gus Malzahn knows what he's doing, and he's recruiting the state of Orlando and the state of Florida, and it's it's paying off for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Now the attention focuses uh, on recruiting more so with the with the summer camps, as you mentioned. Always a good seven on seven. Always good team camps as well. Uh, I mean, even then, probably when when things weren't going as well. For some reason, UCF always attracted some really, really good high schools to play in the 7-on-7 events. Now they've expanded it uh, to a couple of uh, different sessions, which now you don't have to have 60, 70 schools at one event. You could kind of break them up, uh, as they did last year. I had an opportunity uh, to come up and and see some really good football. Uh, Talk about the summer camps, because I know a lot of the kids have already been talking about making Orlando part of the destination this year when they go to Gainesville or when they go to Tallahassee or even to Pensacola to, to West Florida that Orlando and UCF is a must, a must see.
2: Yeah, no they they have um you know I don't have this year's schedule in front of me. I think they just they just recently released it, but you mentioned last year, you know, they had Two weekends of seven on seven camps, which, and then they also have offensive and defensive line, uh, you know, portions of the camp that go on. So while you know the quarterbacks and the receivers are playing seven on seven, they focus on the line then as well. You know they have big man competitions and whatnot. And then they have separate prospect camps as well over the course of a couple of days, and um, you know some more individual workouts and whatnot. Um, you know, so they'll they'll have very. I, I've seen the schedule. I don't have it in front of me right now, but. Um, You know, very similar, um, you know, multiple weekends of seven-on-seven, like you said, and individual cams, And and that's, you know, that's also, you know, for recruiting it's good, but also for the kids it's great to get out in front and uh, work out in front of the coaches and get some film and and whatnot. It's always, you know, good over the summer kids hop on a bus from South Florida and drive up all around the state and maybe into Georgia and the Carolinas or whatnot. So UCF definitely will have a busy June again.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Jason Beatty joins us, Orlando Sentinel, beat reporter for UCF. Here's a, a good thing when they come in and see the schedule for next year, because the bounce house is going to be bouncing big time, because you have Georgia Tech coming in, you have Louisville coming in, which are going to be two big games, two ACC opponents uh, that are going to kind of rock things a little bit. Uh, you have a home game against SMU, which is a conference game. Temple will be coming in. Cincinnati, which should be a, a major Uh, Contest And Navy So not a And also the AAC Championship game Will be held there So you have a Really good schedule at home. And then you go on the road to, to Boca Raton to play Florida Atlantic, which should be a nice little trip. I know that uh, a lot of kids are in the South Florida area will be very interested in checking that out. A trip to East Carolina to play a much-improved uh, pirate team uh, you know, in Greenville. And then you get a chance to go to Memphis, who's always going to be competitive. New Orleans to play a two-lane team that you can't sleep on anymore because they're, they're recruiting pretty well as— Uh, as it is and then you you go to that big one uh the Mm i4 bowl over in tampa so uh challenging schedule uh and one that you could really sell talk about that
2: yeah this is actually the first season uh that ucf is hosting two power five programs obviously the knights are on their way to a power conference themselves in the big 12 in a couple years um but louisville and georgia tech those are the two big non-conference games you mentioned the trip to FAU it's actually a really helpful schedule for UCF they don't leave the state of Florida until that ECU matchup at the end of October so you know you can come out of there with you know only one maybe you split the Louisville Georgia Tech games or you know depending on the those competitions and what that's like who knows I know uh Louisville lost in the league Cunningham but they got some you know, talent, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, you look at the second half of the schedule, Memphis, Tulane, I think that's, you know, coming off of this big Cincinnati game, they obviously made the college football playoff last year. Coming on, coming off of that, have to travel to Memphis. That's, that's a tough game. Memphis, like you said, yes. always competitive in the American. And, um, you know, of course, the War on I-4, this is the interesting thing about this year's game is it could potentially be the last for about six or seven years. I mean, UCF could be in the Big 12 as early as 2023, no later than 24, and USF's non-conference schedule. While you'd love to keep that rivalry alive, they don't have any openings, you know, for like six or seven years. So there could be a wow. break. And right now, UCF has a seven-six lead all time in the series. So um, you know, it's it's going to be a fun one for sure. at The War and I Four on Black yeah. Friday.
1: Now they can uh, maybe potentially meet in a bowl game (laughs) down the line, Uh, you know, because you who would have predicted last year that the UCF would have played Florida uh, in a bowl game. So those things are great. Uh, Jason, obviously a lot of UCF fans want to follow you. How do they do it with the Sentinel and also on social media?
2: Yeah, OrlandoSentinel.com. We have a special UCF sports section. If you go to your computer and type in AllAccessNights.com, it takes you right to the UCF page. Follow me on Twitter at the Real BD, and uh, just you know, keep chugging out that UCF content It never slows down, as
1: you know. Good stuff. Thanks so much, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: All right. Good. Good, good, stuff. good talking with you. Thank you.
1: You too, as always, Jason Beattie, UCF football from the Orlando Sentinel, and.